Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Hello and welcome to Straight Out of Home Video. I'm Vanessa and with me is Candice. Hello. And special guest Alex, my husband. Hello, everybody. And today we are discussing Johnny Tsunami. Now we can say aloha. Aloha, <laughs> yes. The 1999 classic decom. This was one yes. of my faves. This was one that I knew by name, but I actually hadn't seen before, at least not to my knowledge. And it, it's also one of my childhood favorites yeah. coming up, which is why our conversation spun into another viewing. And I don't think I invited myself on, but I think just an invitation to come and chat about one of the all-time greats and also one of the ones that I think really kicked off the kind of next generation in the Disney Channel movies. Yeah, definitely. This is Kirsten Storm's like decom tour. Like she was in Xenon. She was in a few other Kim Possible. She's just everywhere, this girl. Like this is like, I I feel like the early 2000s. 1999 time was yeah i did not know that kirsten storms was in this until i just saw the screenshot for you know from the disney plus uh and i realized that oh wow i didn't realize that she was in the disney verse as much as, much as this yeah was, and she they had- was she in anything else after xenon she well, did she the two sequels and she was she was in kim possible she was bonnie right yeah bonnie yeah oh, bonnie i didn't know she was bonnie uh, yes the voice of bonnie we also um, have. She was in Dead- That's So Raven and mm-hmm. a few other things. She's guest starred in. So she was oh, wow. decom queen. Yep. And we also have Lee Thompson Young, who is Sam, Sur- Sam-, Sam Sterling in this movie, but he is Jet Jackson. Action Jet Jackson. I had such a crush on him. J- yeah. Famous Jet Jackson. He was just oh, so yeah. cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And this he was, was actually- original Hannah Montana. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, and this was actually his first credit. Was it? I thought he was doing mm-hmm. Jet Jackson by now, by then. Well, no, Jet Jackson came on a little bit later on, I think. Came, oh, wait, never mind. Well, no? it's his first credit. I'm sorry. So I'm reading it as his first credit, but that's because Jet Jackson was in 1998 and then it went to 2001, and they always do that, that oh, where they that's end. It. And Jet but Jackson either way, this was like a movie. year after Jet Jackson, and Jet Jackson was his first thing. And then this was, okay, so this one, this was his. Second thing. But yeah, that was interesting to see him in this as well. Yes. But anyway. Sadly, so jo- he, oh, sadly, Go he passed ahead. away 10 years ago. I know. And his family created a fund, the Lee Thompson Young Foundation. So it's to help remove the stigma surrounding mental illness, which just got to give that a little shout out because I always think of him. Yeah, I know. And I mean, and he was, he was such an icon for our generation because of Jet Jackson. I can't wait till we do that movie. I love yeah. that Jet Jackson movie. <laughs> that was so good. But Johnny Tsunami was, is basically about this boy who lives in Hawaii. He loves surfing. His grandfather is like this world-class surfer. So he lives with his, his mom and dad and his dad never really quite got into the surfing thing and he definitely has some issues with his with so he and he has a job in the tech world which i guess is just setting up networks for schools which you know actually a pretty respectable job but because of that they have to move to the east coast of the u.s and yeah to vermont specifically which is obviously insanely different from hawaii and i will say that 
Johnny Suno, or well, his name is not Johnny, but Johnny, the the kid, he is very cool about this. Like, I feel like this this child should be way angrier about a lot of the stuff that his dad puts him through. Would you say he goes with the flow? Ha, go yes. <laughs> I feel like they didn't have time, but did you guys ever see, it's a movie called Airborne that came out in 1993, but they played it on Disney Channel a lot. And it's about this kid who lives in California, he surfs all the time, he's a skateboarder, and then his parents have to do something in a different country, so he gets sent to his aunt and uncle in like the, in the Midwest, and no. he has to learn how to ski or snowboard. <laughs> Oh, so oh, so it's the same thing. It's, I vaguely remember something like that. I don't think Seth I Green is in it. <laughs> Seth Green's in it. Amazing. Yeah, he plays his cousin. Yeah, it actually went out. It actually came to theaters, but it was played on DCOM so often that everyone just thought it was a Disney Channel. Like, yeah, every right. oh, it it was, it was played on, on Disney, Disney Channel so often, yeah. like yeah. a DCOM. Oh, and Jack Black plays one of the bullies in that. Oh my god! So we we might need to just watch it to compare, so we, you know. Yeah. So, and when did that come out? Nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. And yeah. which of the sage sage wisdom characters in Airborne was also in nineteen ninety five's Mortal Kombat? Because yeah, one thing that we were when we were going over everybody's previous acting history, forgot to jump in and mention mm -hmm. that the grandfather is actually Shang Tsung from the original Mortal Kombat, as well as the Mortal Kombat X TV series. Yeah, which is yeah, also why I saw him. I was like, "Oh my god, it's my guy!" I'm also yeah. a big Mortal Kombat fan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, Kerry Hiyaki Chagua. He is a actor who's been in so many things. Yep. He actually plays. He's voices my favorite Star Wars character's father. So, the father of my favorite characters, Sabine Wren, and Star Wars Rebels. So, oh, it's just a little yeah. Star Wars I, tying it into space waffles, you know. But he's been yep. in a lot of things. Yeah, he has. Like, that, that's the thing. I didn't see that because I just saw that he had 138 credits and I'm like, I cannot go through all of this right now. But he was in the James Bond film License to Kill. The last mm -hmm. he was in The Last Emperor, Memoirs of a Geisha. Just like yep. a very prolific career that I'm surprised yeah. even in 1999 he was doing a Disney Channel right. movie. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to go to Hawaii. I think he's and, and also just add world champion surfer to his list because Obviously, for him and the other actors in the movie, uh, aside from some scenes with the stunts, everybody got to learn how to surf pretty, pretty, su pretty successfully. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the stunts! There are sometimes. Oh, so the kids are 13, 12, 13. and those oh, wow. are grown adults as their stunt doubles. Yes, absolutely. Also, but, at one point, I like that the snowboarding guy. I'm like, that is a white man, <laughs> like stopping for this half. That's just a solar kid. flare. It's you all know? camera effects. Look, when I snowboard, I'm at least five inches taller, <laughs> and just brolier, and just like have a full beard. No, he didn't have a beard or anything. I, I'm stocky to start, so that that difference isn't as noticeable with me. But I can understand <laughs> the conflict on the late '90s decom stage. Yeah. yeah, they tried. I, well, I think they tried, but also it was just like they had to use so many stunt people, I feel, that that had to have gotten expensive. So they had to do yeah. what they could. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it's like any budget. If you don't max out your budget, then they're not going to give you as much the next time. So they're just like, listen, this is a really, really simple movie. It's a little little uh, Soch versus Greaser. We're just, 
having a lot of arguments in school hallways, but we need to throw in some big effects and some big stunts. Yeah. And it was really impressive. I'm going to say that. And, and I guess the whole thing that we didn't say was the fact that Johnny Tsunami, Johnny, he's not Johnny Tsunami. The grandpa is technically Johnny Tsunami. Well, I mean, Johnny did win the medal in the end. So. That's true. But yeah, he said, <laughs> you are like the next Johnny Tsunami. Yes. But he tries to learn to snowboard because it's not exactly similar to surfing, but he just has to get out there and really do and do something that makes him happy because surfing was his big thing in Hawaii. And the the school that he goes to is this prep school and there's this whole dichotomy of the prep school people versus the public school people and skiing is the prep school version. Apparently that's cooler than snowboarding. I don't really understand exactly how we got there, but that's... First off, it's skies and urchins. Skies and urchins, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Skyline Academy, I forget what the thing is but there's a story like 10 years ago uh the family who owns the mountain like split up and one of them like is just do snowboarding another is skiing and there's a whole backstory to it and of course i don't know the way they were saying urchins i was like damn this feels racist like they were just yeah really well, it was definitely yeah, classes it was de- yeah it was definitely supposed it to be- was like <laughs> It was just like the way they were saying, like the kid who plays like the bully from the academy. I'm like, good on you, dude. You're was playing it, into that stereotype. Great, Brett. 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 Of course, Brett. it was Brett. Quick shout out for like when they confront them on the side of the mountain that has the best slopes. When Johnny's skating or skating snowboarding with his with his grandpa, and they come over to like yell at him again, and and uh, older Johnny, Grandpa Johnny, Shang Sung Johnny goes and he's like oh hey nice to meet you Brett." he's like how do you know my name he's like lucky guess guy i don't know you look like a brat i guess <laughs> every kid was bred at that time exactly <laughs> but yeah no it's just he actually like they get into a fight i was shocked they show like johnny with like a bloody nose like yeah Ecom's got dark at this time <laughs> yeah and it was I, I don't know I just I felt like the whole there were a lot of things in this movie that really made me upset which was and that was one of the things was obviously just the I guess the prejudice the prejudice against Johnny just for being different and it's, it's like oh wow you're in a preppy school so and but you're wearing a fun shirt that every single other person outside that school was wearing Oh, sorry. On that, yeah. Johnny's first day at the school, the teacher, I mean, Johnny comes in and he didn't have a school uniform yet. So he comes in dressed like he dressed in Hawaii normally, maybe with a little bit more of longer sleeves. And, you know, immediately Brett and all the preppy kids, uh, all the skies start teasing him a little bit. And the teacher in an attempt to kind of like welcome him in and like transition back into academics so that they can kind of continue with the lessons. Like, you know, tell me something about Hawaii, asking different students, and then and asks Brett, and Brett's like, I don't know, they wear stupid clothes, and the crowd just freaking loses it. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, I got dragged to Kohl's and, and Macy's and JCPenney every single year by my mom to go get school clothes and stuff like that. And I'm telling you, in the young adult section and in the regular adult section, the the whole like what is it silver fo- or quicksilver and all those winter sports and surf clothing brands yeah. axon all these yeah. clothing brands that plus wine shirts that was the style in the 1990s i mean <laughs> forgetting the sky in the movie in and of itself 
the 90s was just a ska aesthetic so that guy was dressed like i like a window model to me personally so i don't know what they were mocking it's just it vanessa we've seen this time and time again just with the few movies that we've already seen it's like kid gets taken out of their element yeah, and exactly. There's a bunch of mean kids who are mean to them. They have a love interest. This is just like Xenon, except that she went from a space station down to Earth. Right. <laughs> really? <laughs> they made fun of her clothing because she's wearing like space clothing and like she went horseback riding to learn what the the Earth people do, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's no, it's all about being different and not fitting in and now and then trying to make everybody you know, now this cohesive whole instead of here, hold on one second. Iro's trying to Kitty. get in everything. <laughs> Kitty wants to be on the podcast too. Well, he always does. Does. I don't know. Always I don't know how much you want to shift this podcast into crunchies and why don't we have more of them? <laughs> Tonight on Dateline. More treats, please. Bucky, yeah. Bucky will add to that. He's like, excuse me. I deserve more treats. <laughs> Why we deserve more treats and why our owners suck about that. (laughs) They could have their own podcast. Investigative journalism. Yeah, humans be like, why do we not have thumbs to open treat bags? (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, it just feels like there's such a formula with most of these decops and freaking, we got the leprechaun episode. Like, Lock of the Irish. It's just like... (laughs) It's about fitting in, which I guess was a big deal back then when you were a kid. It's still, I mean, it still is, but I would like, I don't know. I I would like to think that maybe the separation of all of these different groups, like the click stuff, does that happen still anymore? I got to be honest. I don't actually know. (laughs) Most of the schools I went to are so big that it it just kind of became like neighborhoods within the school. But I can understand in small towns or more homogenous areas that these kind of pecking orders can establish and it probably yeah it probably still happens but you know it's a tried and true formula and disney seems to Mm -hmm. at least so far figured out the exact way they want to go like they dress differently they talk differently and it's a complete fish out of water situation pepper in at least one guardian figure that is completely disconnected and doesn't realize how detrimental any of this is and uh that was the whole thing is that i feel like a lot of times in, in in you know disney movies or really any movie that was aimed toward us as kids that now when I watch it, I definitely get a little bit more of like where the parents are coming from. But this one, I was like, dad, dad, you're I know totally where the, I was going to say, I know where the parents are coming well, from. No, dad, but I mean, dad's a dick. But I mean, like, as in, <laughs> as, as in, I usually sympathize with certain things that they have to do, you know, dad's, choices they have to make, but he, no, he, well, he just, the dad, the dad was a dick. And then the only person who might've missed Johnny's grandfather more than grant than, than Johnny was Johnny's mom. Cause like, <laughs> Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a polite nod. Like when she's talking to uh, Pete soon, the father but like in every in every scene in every scene she is with uh tsunami it's at least one hand on the body like you know she she's there she saw and she was happy she was like listen your dad's great they talked about like how something changed between them (laughs) and i was like oh my god is they gonna find out like she hooked up with the grandpa or something like what's going on i forgot absolutely it was so funny it was funny because i didn't really realize that until he said something at the very beginning and then every time after that i was like oh yeah she really is kind of gravitating johnny's not the only one who misses home i'm telling you (laughs) because grandpa johnny's a hottie let's just be real right there he looks good especially for that age but but the the father says that man's a lunatic 
And she's like, hey, I love that lunatic. And so does your son. (laughs) I just felt bad for the mom because she's just like having to put up with this. Yeah, Yeah. she definitely sees what's happening and she's trying her best. But yeah, the the dad is just very disconnected and it just doesn't see it. Well, and also at one point in the movie, I I forget what the what the lead up to it was. But Pete was like, he's like, yeah, you know, like like she she was like, he's not going to spend as much time with his grandfather or might never like see him at all anymore. And he's like. Yeah, that's one of the best parts, and or something like that. And she just turns and is like, "Please don't tell me we moved to Vermont just so you could get him away from your father." <laughs> no, but Which it was very clearly like it, it very clearly he, is he, that. he did do that because yeah, again he you know he sets up these computer systems these computer systems for the schools, and I don't really see why he had to move for this particular one because it it sounds also he's like- doing it by himself question mark like. <laughs> He's always in like a really gross power suit and then just kind of like pokes his head in. There's never any other staff. I've never seen a computer in his hands outside of that one opening scene in Hawaii. So yeah, like yeah. his whole role is very nebulous. It's unclear. Yeah. He yeah. says he's going to the computer classroom or something. Does that mean he's also teaching computer classes? I can't. I, I would assume I would that. assume not. I would or computer room. He is just setting everything up for them how long does that take (laughs) i don't know that's what i'm saying i don't think that it takes i mean you know a whole system or whatever a network maybe that that takes some time especially back in the 90s but again not to justify an entire movie that is expensive that is disruptive to everybody's lives and it sounds like he has traveled yeah and it sounds like he has traveled before to set up other systems yeah or at least like do uh, maybe smaller projects. The, I was still. about to say the language that the language set up that, that kind of brought on the whole like we have to move premise. It, in my mind, I interpreted that as like this is the big one. Like we got the big contract that's really putting this like fledgling cl- company on the map, and so I'm going to go and like oversee it personally, and it's going to be great, and it's going to take a super long time for no reason for a school <laughs> of what appears to be literally twenty children. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a few lunchroom scenes, and there's like. A dozen or so kids there. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but like the other thing I don't get. Well, Vanessa and I saw this with um, Twas the Night. It's like these guys, the people writing this do not understand computers, especially not yes, in like true. the early 2000s, late 90s. <laughs> I give a I give a good pass. I give a good pass on anybody in these situations. Computers were not well understood unless you were like exclusively into computers at that point internet connectivity and all those things it just it was it was fledgling at best like people had home computers right. to type with but but like i i'm cool with it. it's when you get to movies like well speaking of seth green what was the hacking movie that they were all in or like there's another one like or like a good a perfect example of a movie that had no right misunderstanding computers to the degree that they did if you ever watched swordfish oh. hugh jackman hacking to try and get and it's like <laughs> it's literally eight monitors and then he's just like literally slapping a keyboard around, drinking wine. And then it's like a Rubik's cube on the stage on the screen, and it's like pieces going. And he's like, "No, it's not working." And then starts pacing, and that's gibberish. But like this one, I was like, yeah. I don't know. He just kind of pulled up AOL, I guess. Yeah. No. Oh it's- yeah, they didn't really lean into the computer angle as much as some of the other movies that we have watched. So. That did, you know, it didn't bother me so much because I really think the only time we got, we saw a computer screen was at that very beginning. Yeah, when he was working while his son had a championship. Yeah, except right. he's, he keeps Cats complaining in the about how... the silver spoon. Yeah. 
Yeah. He keeps like complaining. He keeps complaining about how his dad was never there for him or something like that. And yet he's never there for his son. Well, I mean, that's the whole, I think. I know that's the whole thing. That's the whole setup. That but is the, the whole, whole thing setup. is he, like, which I kind of get if they were like going to go into it more, like if this wasn't a Disney Channel thing, if the father, the grandfather, like they grew up poor. So this guy is so possessed to make money for his mm-hmm. family kind of thing that he's always business focused, but they don't have time to explore the grownups in Disney because well, who cares about also- them? They also don't do a great job of articulating that because like he refers to his dad as like a beach bum and all that stuff. And then like cut scene to him hanging out at his house, like when Johnny's trying to call him, or when when not to get ahead of the storyline that we're describing, but no, like when, when him and when him and Jet Jackson, you know, sneak onto a military cargo ship inexplicably. <laughs> You know, they just they just pre, hijack a plane. Pre nine eleven. Pre nine eleven. Exactly. Well, but but I, I'm but not even still. talking about like the safety measures of that, but just more importantly, I mean, we've all seen other movies and things like that where we like look at cargo planes. There's like a couple of straps on the wall, but it's essentially a shell. Like, a where were they hiding? And B, how did they not just get like rocked around? Not the point. The point being, <laughs> but yeah, like the, the oxygen, the other things. Right, like that. All of how it. did the they pressure, sneak onto the base? How the did they it? Yeah. The well, they were no, they were on the. Well, I guess the base isn't really ne- the residence is a different base from the actual military. Yeah, the base. yeah, there would be extra security from where wherever they snuck on. There's like not for two <laughs> precocious scamps from Vermont. Yeah, bunch of twelve year olds like yeah, freaking. It's like, listen, do you have clearance? I was like, I tell you what, I have. I stomped the landing when I snowboard and like, please go right ahead, sir. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, they don't even but, have an ID to get in. Like, right. But to the point about the dad being a beach bum, they show multiple scenes of his home, him lying in a hammock, him <laughs> which, which, tossing the net. I assume he was crabbing. Although, I don't yeah, know. Are there crabs that close inland in, in, in Hawaii? What is he catching then? I don't know. I didn't think it was crabs, but I mean, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. It's right. something when, in that shallow water. I've never been. I don't actually know. But like his home looks nice, it looks cozy. I looked to Vanessa and I was like, I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you want to move to Vermont when you're bored out of your skull living in paradise or something like that? But like what beach bum? He looks like he has a fantastic house. Yeah, he has a, he has a he great home. He has a championship. He's like the best of what he does. Yeah, but that was the whole thing was that his dad at the beginning was telling Johnny that it was not, it was not. Well, he said something like a salary. Like he's like, look yeah, up professional was... surfer salaries. And he's like, oh, yeah. only $30,000 a year. Not that much. And I was like, do I, I miss? Do I miss? I was about to say, do I misremember the nineties? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that's you're a out lot there, of like, money. Wait, I'm looking at that. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know exactly like, what, it, what was a median fun. salary in 1999. You know, just just naturally or like you know I whatever. Feel like that was like, I feel like that was entry level when I graduated college. Same. Almost. Yeah. It's, so it's still entry level for some people, honestly. Right, yeah. Well, but <laughs> looking at some job on well, we, can, we can all we can all agree that it's a brutal paycheck. And like standards. I think by living standards like we're you're beneath the poverty line here. It's like, fifty four thousand dollars in today's money. Okay. Which is not bad. Well it's not great. Okay. So it's not but great in why cost is ex- is expensive. However however though Again, to far, Alex's a far point, cry from calling him a dead. Yeah, dude, like to, to Alex's yeah. point, I don't think that it's just. First of all, we don't know if he was supplementing that with with anything. We don't know if those numbers were actually, you know, how real that was, especially since he was a champion. And also, again, to Alex's point, his house looked very, very cozy and comfortable, yeah. and it was right on the beach. 
Also, he's clearly a very well-respected member of the community. Every time they were like out in Hawaii, everybody recognized him. So I have a hard time imagining that he couldn't monetize anything like that or like getting any kind of consulting, yeah, consulting, sponsorship, right. teaching, teaching, yeah. <laughs> literally anything. I mean, like it's an industry in and of itself. And even if not, like he has a very kind of like Taoist kind of, you know, come as you are passive, uh, you know, reflection type energy that, I mean, I'm not saying it's like profitable, but I am saying that that usually uh, comes along with a very, very strong community that usually like provides together you know what i mean I have, like, I have to think that maybe that maybe he's just the the dad is just hyper type well, a no well type a but also maybe well, jealous that, are you kidding me? that his well, wife no, he has, to, he has to hand his wife better. a napkin every time he sees him because no, no, she's drooling no because because she, no jealous of the fact that he they say later That's on mean. that he was not <laughs> they say later on that pete the dad was not good at surfing and he just I don't think they ever said he, that he was not good yes, at it. it no, did. they just said he quit. They said he didn't like well, it. He didn't, he yeah, he like gave quit. up he on stopped. it. But I, think, yeah. I think that was probably I think that was probably because he was not good. What? Iro's in frame. Iro's just face like just like started peeking. Like, what? <laughs> but I was just thinking, okay, so th- this is how grown up I'm thinking now is like the kid is the best at surfing. He could get a good scholarship, get into a good school because they're always looking for something unique. So and yeah. then he can right. get a good job from that. I'm just like thinking like that. <laughs> I'm like, but but it's also no. it's also not about just the job. It's about what makes you happy, right? Yeah. And I mean, and if it, your but, kid's but, a champion, especially and just a happy kid, yeah, and, and he that's the thing. It, it's not like it never seemed like he was unhappy in Hawaii. It was just this he wasn't getting has, in trouble or yeah. anything. Oh, he I mean, doing anything it, bad? No, and he was he was obsessively into an athletic sport that he was good at. Like there was. There is no downside. Like if if you had his friend Jake, who is just prophetically doomsaying every left turn, <laughs> then like I understand maybe pulling him out of stressful situations. But Jake was the one who's like, oh yeah. man, that wave's gonna yeah, crush he's him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done. And everyone's like, shut up, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole movie, the whole movie is just shut up, Jake. But like I, I tell you, I channel that energy every single day, where I'm just stating the obvious and being told to be quiet. <laughs> But this is just, it was just a fun movie in Hudley, especially as a kid, you're like, oh, it's Hawaii. Oh, it's the mountains. It's so cool to see these different locations kind of thing. Except it did just make me really wonder why anyone ever moves out of Hawaii once you get to Hawaii. I mean, Vermont is beautiful. I it, Yes, it's a different Vanessa, kind of beautiful. You moved but, out of Florida. Yeah, I know. But I regretted it for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> My sister's like, you guys have the humidity. And the cold. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Best of both worlds. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes on the same day. And uh, let me tell you, that's miserable because it's like balmy when you're wearing a coat and you're like, well, I have to take the coat off. And then you're damp and it's freezing outside. Mm-hmm. So we're having a great time. <laughs> but yeah. Like once you get to, I, I don't know. It wasn't just the fact because yeah, Vermont is beautiful and the the mountains and all of that. Really so that was really nice. The beauty of Vermont, though, aside from well, like just being the mountain, right? The you know the snow and everything. But it was more so just the stereotype of these, you know, the the, the preppy East Coast, boring, you know, kind of situation. Which I mean, is, is not invalid. True not for, invalid. You know, just yeah. a little bit. It's low hanging fruit. Yeah. I mean, they do that. They do this also in like Legally Blonde, you know, where they do West Coast versus East Coast. And well, all it's the whole Ivy City, yeah. or Ivy Ivy League. Ivy League type crowd. That <laughs> whole thing where just 
It's like, good lord, how man, how many sweaters do you own? Vanessa, I mean, we saw this with a zombie movie too, with the humans and the zombies yeah. coming in. Were the zombies uh, the preppies or were the humans the preppies? Well, the it was more the preppy. Like, yeah, it was more like mm. punk versus oh. preppy. Why didn't you tell me? Because you, you still would For all like you wonderful movie. listeners out there, I'm also <laughs> very much into punk, so. it's it, But it's Disney Channel punk. I mean, but at least Disney with that, Channel punk is better than no punk at all. At least with that, part, <laughs> everything was colorful. It made it seem like things were at least a little brighter and more fun in both worlds. Whereas this was just everyone is the same and must be the same in the uniform. I don't know. Yeah, what's the what's the phrase? Deviations from the norm will be punished, exploitable. So I don't remember what exactly, but it just kind of explains why like everybody likes homogeneity so much more Mm -hmm. unless that one variation or that that stray from the norm is something that's able to bring in more profits and then it is exploited extensively. Mm, Yeah. But this wasn't one of those situations. (laughs) They didn't realize what they had in Johnny. I know. But so this is okay. This is my question. Do you both think that Johnny Tsunami aged okay? Do you think this is like still like a solid movie? I mean, if we're willing to acknowledge the racial undertones of like that whole dynamic in the prep school, I think overall the way that the story flows and how it ultimately results in some degree of unity, but it's not exactly like Brett got up and like shook his hand or anything like that. Some of the kids from Sky Skyline came over and congratulated him. Like Brett's kind of like, you know, geeky sidekick one yeah Yeah, he's like lackey he came (laughs) over he's like wow look at you you won and all that stuff i think parts of it aged pretty well i think kind of being detached or not really realizing how negatively you're impacting your child is still a relatable story yeah i think all of it kind of kind of ages out pretty pretty well i think it has a good pace unlike some of the other 90s stuff vanessa and i have watched so far Mm -hmm. like i I feel I got to see the first half of what was the what was the one Lucky from Dog? Mike Seaver. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lucky Dog. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> oh man. That's, that did that, not that taste one, well. Age, no, that one aged like wet newspaper. But I feel like this would keep a kid engaged, even like a current kid. They would still watch it and be interested, and there's still some fun like surfing tricks and mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed, it. I, enjoyed it. I mean just as you know as a 36 year old person like i i enjoyed it not to mention it's never too early to introduce a child to third wave ska so <laughs> yeah he was really enjoying the mu- the music <laughs> okay i was shocked they had like multiple fastball songs in there that mm-hmm. again locked unlocked a memory from the 90s yeah me because i feel like disney channel would only use their own people to record music and happen in the background. Yeah, that was, you know what? Now that you're saying that, I didn't get the, because there's been quite a few of them where it's just like this goofball, goofy music in the background that I can't stand. And I didn't really notice that in this one. I mean, there might have been and maybe some of this, but I, I didn't notice it if it was. And they mostly just had, yeah, real songs. Yeah, it was like, were, it was like yeah. actual popular songs from like the late 90s, which had that kind of like, you know, nobody's saying stoner, but there's definitely a stoner energy. It's like the snowboarder <laughs> crowd and like all that stuff, which I can believe snowboarders in the 90s listening to Real Big Fish or something like that. Also, we didn't even talk about the big plot twist, the big reveal at the end <laughs> of the snowboarder and ski, you know, oh, yeah. chalet owners, owners being yeah. brothers and that this whole division and 
culture war or whatever that's been going on this whole time has lasted like 10 years. I mean, I'm sure that the rivalry between urchins and skies, even though maybe not by that, by those names had, you know, superseded 10 years, but apparently this whole, you know, you have one side of the mountain. I have the other side of the mountain was only 10 years. And, and I think, what, what did you say, Vanessa? It was because one of their, who their grandpa died. And then Vanessa said they they were parents. No, they, Yes, their parents split up and then so, for, for some reason their parents decided to send them to separate schools. And yeah, one of them got, one of them <laughs> stayed with their mom, one of them stayed with their dad. The youngest they, one yeah, girls. They didn't even no, say I'm, that. I'm confused now. <laughs> but they didn't even say, they didn't even say that. They didn't even say that like we split up. It was their parents. No, split they up. did. They the did? split up and said one of us went like. Yeah, no, no, but they said maybe our it was split up and one of us went to this this school and one of us went to the other school, but they didn't say like what the background of that situation was. Also, what, what was the, the split up? They they don't live with each other, but they're still in the same neighborhood, but like enough of not the same neighborhood that the kids go to different schools. Well, but the other, uh, the, but and the, then like, the same what, bus. one of them, on. one of them can I, afford private school then? That's that what, what I'm saying. Mean? Like Skyline is a private school, so it's not like it's, they're like separated by. They never even said it was a money issue. I mean, they owned a mountain for God's sakes. I, I can't imagine that they would have. Like, if it's a private school, you can go anywhere. You don't have to be like in a county district. Yes. So that just means that one of the parents is so vindictive. They're like, I'm not giving you any money. I'm not giving I, you enough child support to send the other kid to Yeah, like I, apparently one of them just really did not like one of their kids. I think what's really happened, I think what this really indicates is that there was a screenwriter meeting that was like very last minute. They're like, we don't need it to make sense. We just need to get it to film and just can this thing. <laughs> and yeah. there was just no follow through on the, the logic of that kind of premise. Also, the fact that Johnny, who has been snowboarding for like a few weeks... Beats a kid who had been skiing like his entire life. That's yes. So that that I mean, obviously that was that was a very big suspension of disbelief. Sort of I I will situation. I will acknowledge in playing sports with some family members and some friends of mine that I went to school with, and also later on in the restaurant industry, knowing some chefs and some bartenders that I've worked with, there are some people that. If you have a baseline skill set in some type of activity or something like that, in this being athletics or in the others being like something within a particular industry, some people are very, very hyper-focused and obsessively talented that they can pick it up to that degree. And like, I, there, there's no real clear timeline. We don't know how long they've been oh, there. it's a- only been a couple yeah. of months. Okay, but here's, a, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Somebody who is already regarded as a prolific generational surfer has a certain degree of athleticism I, to them. Okay. And then I, and then when he got there, he literally, I mean, if you kind of extrapolate from what we're watching the screen, he's well, I'm just saying like, he, he spent every he fell down a lot, but he but, spent every single okay, moment of free okay, time snowboarding. Okay, I understand that and I agree to agree with you to a certain extent, but the jumps that he was pulling well, no Vanessa. Way. It's easier when you're five feet taller and a different skin color. Like it just, it all smooths out. All right. That was like a six foot white man. Absolutely. And they would do the ADR. So you would hear the kid's voice. Yeah. And be like, I'm like, that voice is not coming from that body. I feel like they had like some miking issues during the filming of the movie, because I feel like there's a few scenes, like when he first meets 
Sam, aka Jet Jackson, on the bus, and they're talking like that whole thing sounded like a like taped over, like the the dialogue. So I don't know if there was like just issues with miking. They didn't. They didn't have enough money for this for the sound guys after paying all the stunt people. Well, who do you think were the sound guys? It was the, it was the stunt people <laughs> yeah. holding the boom mics. It was the same with like a lot of the outside. Mm-hmm. scenes like with Kristen Storm when she's like when Johnny pretty much goats her and be like I well you can't snowboard it's too hard for you kind of thing and she just secretly goes and snowboards because she was acting like she's like we don't snowboard we don't we ski and he's like why yeah. and she can't give him a reason it's only <laughs> been 10 years it's been 10 years she's acting like this has been like a centuries long feud I mean, but she's only 13, so like her, it, it is her entire life. That is true. Um, <laughs> I, what, what I want to kind of get more worked up about is that they're all on this very smooth, easy path after like a day of snowboarding. And it's like, oh man, wasn't that fun? See, we're not so different after all. Bridging worlds and all that stuff. And she's like, we could do something harder. And they're like, no, I don't think we should do that. And she's like, I think so. And then just literally goes off of a cliff. And, and then <laughs> what the everybody's hell is the cliff doing there? Yeah, she's like, no one... I think we can do this. And she just dies. They're like, what the hell? There's just this tiny sign that's like cliff. There's nothing else <laughs> there. I was like, just a legit cliff. And the child just goes off of it. And then Sam is like, oh, I'll help her. It's wily coyote when the cliff just gives out under him. It just yeah, it's a lot of action for a Disney Channel movie, honestly. Right. Like, well, and then at the end of it all, it's like everybody's pissed off at Johnny again. And he's like, "Yeah, what did I do?" <laughs> he was like, "How could you do that? Did you? What are you referring to? Finding the Snow Patrol guy that saved their lives, or like, like what happened?" Because we explicitly told her not to do that, and then she was like, "I'm diving." And then he, yeah. Yeah, and I loved his mom is like, after he's like, am I still grounded? And she's like, I think you suffered enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I was like, this mom. I'm like, yeah, she gets it. <laughs> she's the only thing holding this family together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's a champion. <laughs> because I swear, like, I bet the father and grandfather would not talk at all if she didn't exist. Yeah, another one of my favorite moments was when they leave on the military plane or whatever for Hawaii and then <laughs> leave, the, leave the note leave the note with their parents and they're reading it and the dad's like, I can't believe they would do this. And she's like, I can. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're being oh, a dick. <laughs> also, also when Grandpa Tsunami comes back and Pete Tsunami's like, it would have been fine if you just put them on a plane. And I was like, does no one else here realize like the actual fly time from Hawaii to Vermont? Like, this is a very long, long plane, and these they're children have, to, have well, shown I mean, they're definitely no going to have a transfer somewhere. Yeah, they're well, going to have. It's not a nonstop flight. If it was a nonstop right. flight, that's something. Like I well, flew when I was twelve alone, but like that was a nonstop, and I had another family member like in New York waiting for me. Right, but, but we've yeah. already established these kids are flight risks. Like, like what's, yeah, exactly. what's, your, what's your game plan here? <laughs> This is that, if anything, that's the most responsible thing he could have done. And since it was a surprise, he clearly didn't ask you to pay for it. So, like, have a little gratitude for grandpa also, being out of grand and him being a beach bum. So, that must have really hurt <laughs> in your mind, Mr. Computer Boy. You're thinking, if you think about it, they most likely stopped in LA. And of course, those kids would love LA beaches. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Maybe we'll just stay in Cali. 
Yeah. See, that's that's what we we need we need the we need Johnny Tsunami 1.5 where we find out what happened in the four hour layover <laughs> in Santa Barbara. There is a sequel. Oh yeah. Oh we're oh I'm ready. Johnny it is is not as good as the first one, but I am in. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this is like when I think decom, this is one of the movies that just comes to oh, mind. Absolutely. It's Johnny because... Tsunami, it's Brink. It's mm-hmm. a lot of the sports ones, I guess. Yeah, a lot of the sports. A lot of like Xenon, especially I think for Vanessa and I, the girls. The right. Xenon, well, I love like... I love Xenon. I mean, Zeta Slipidus. It was a fantastic trans- transformational boom, movie. Boom, boom, Take my heart. America, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Um, so, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score was? Seventy percent. Oh, don't look, baby. You can. I have to guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's not 200%, then what are we going to do? 70%, 200%, 62%. 62%? Yeah, which seems to be pretty, like, pretty, I feel like par for the course. Is for that a the lot fan of score? Or the, the, it's the fan score. That's the fan, that's the yeah. fan score? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's yeah. also the fact that people, it's, it's people taking the time. Movement. Yeah. People taking the time to rate it. Which I would figure would yeah. be mostly fans, but I guess people are like, maybe they come back to it and it's not no. as good as they remember. But like, I guess, you have to have, you I have, guess. have expectations. With so there are, there are two critic reviews and they they enjoy it. But the, yeah, as far as the audience review, I don't get it. I feel like a lot of these people, yeah, I feel like they're just expecting far too much from it. We saw that a lot with the direct-to-home movies of the yeah. animated sequels it's like you know they have a much smaller budget and time frame it's not gonna be like the original whoa okay i'm not even gonna read some of these some of these people are just the one angry. the one the one star the one star reviews are just just spiteful yeah that's just like, wow they're, they're definitely they're definitely people who just need a place to comment and they're like sure <laughs> rotten tomatoes that sounds hold, great. On, hold, on, hold on hold on i want to read one i want to read one <laughs> this is from may 12 2012 the account the, the the person who wrote it the name isn't listed but they are noted as being a super reviewer which i don't spend a lot of time on rotten tomatoes so i didn't know that was a thing it's a one-star review it's a one sentence it's a one sentence description Okay, let's be honest here, colon, it's your own fault for watching a movie, um, watching a film called, quote, Johnny Tsunami. That's the, that's the review. <laughs> there's no commentary. There's just a, pre- a, a presumption of dissatisfaction. It's, it's beautiful. Okay, I have, I have one three-star review I just want to read. I just yeah. went to Rotten Tomatoes. It says, one of the best Disney Channel movies. Three stars. Three stars. Okay, so I guess they don't really have a, a good yeah opinion of Disney Channel movies because if Stars is one of the best. Then, yep, yeah, I feel like a lot of people on Rotten Tomatoes with these decom movies are just killing time because they have nothing else to do. Yeah, I don't know. That makes me sad, though. I feel like this movie in general just deserved more. Again, I thought that I. Really, just the fact that even the music was such such a higher level made it like just. I can't tell you how happy people degree. in the Scott community are going to be. You've said <laughs> such glowing things about the genre. God, I had fastball like albums that I put it like my CD changer. <laughs> yeah, like it was so weird to hear this music. I'm gonna have to put some stuff on a playlist. Just you know, 
the Johnny Tsunami soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee that. Movie. I guarantee that playlist already exists on on Spotify. Yeah, probably. Also, we're all in agreement, right? Uh, the 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 snowboarding brother that owns the mountain. He absolutely like when everybody turns sixteen, he's like, "Okay, happy birthday!" Like, I just so you know, I also sell weed. Like, yeah, he definitely yeah, he definitely sells weed to, to everybody. That guy was like Urch- urchins, got- urchins and skies equally. Yes, he's like, I got some sweet nectar to wax the board or something mm-hmm. like that, and he's like, "What taps?" And he knew who Johnny Tsunami was, right? And he just gives like Johnny, little Johnny. Whatever, because he's he the grandson. Wouldn't have, he definitely would not have done now, that. Now, see, here's the thing. At the beginning of the movie, because I, I obviously I'd seen this multiple times growing up, but I, I hadn't watched it in a long time. At the beginning, I was like, that's ridiculous. He wouldn't just give stuff away. But then you get to the part of the end of the movie where he's like, oh, he owns the mountain? Yeah, he can give away whatever he wants. <laughs> the man's stoned out of his mind, and he has more money than God, probably. I mean, at this point, yeah. you own a mountain in Vermont? Are you kidding me? You print it. Yeah. So he can easily get yeah, whatever. That makes sense. Stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think Plus about that. Yeah, it's a mild sponsorship too. It's like everybody's like, "Hey, man, this guy's apparently really good at the sport. Where'd you get all that stuff?" He's like, "Oh, it's my my weed guy who also owns this mountain <laughs> over here." Like, he needs to give his brother some of that because that guy needs to calm down. He, he probably his, tried. He needs to give his brother some Zanny bars. That's his brother <laughs> is wound tight. Uh. But Alex, the, your first waffle. My first yeah. waffle. First time, long time. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, thought it'd be fun. It's a good one. It's a good one to jump in on. It's uh it's, it's one of my classic. one of my cherished ones. I will also, I think Vanessa and I talked about it a little bit, but there's a handful of other ones like Don't Look Under the Bed and Under Wraps and They uh, made a, a remake of, the- of Under Wraps. They made a remake? They made a remake of Under Wraps? A year ago. Yeah. A first decom remake. Am I like, are we happy with this? Am I deeply, deeply I don't know. Offended? I, I know like... I'm deeply offended first and foremost. I, yeah, because it means we're old. Oh, I'm oh, offended oh, because they thought that, they had to remake the yeah, whole thing. Why would you have to remake it? I've made peace with the fact that I'm old. I feel like we need to watch both of them this Halloween and, you know, I'm ready for it. Compare, contrast, figure out like what the difference is. But like, my mom, my mom's in love with a vampire. Is that one? Is that a decom too? My mom's got mom's, yeah, mom's got a date with a vampire. Yo, yeah. Mr. Johnny. Sheffield from yeah. freaking and the nanny. I am, I loved that movie. That movie was hilarious. Hilda. He's the weakest. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Hilda, Hilda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And that yep. was directed by the same director of Johnny Tsunami. Oh, no wonder I love it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yep, it's the same guy. It's fantastic. He, he, he did also like my stepsister is an alien. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one that one was okay. Did you guys do Can yeah. of Worms? We haven't done a Not lot yet. yet. This is yeah. Can of Worms is a weird one. That one's really fun. There's some really weird early 90s ones, especially. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Lots to look forward but, to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Candace, where can they find us? They can find us at the geekywaffle.com, geeky underscore waffle on Twitter, the geeky waffle everywhere else, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the socials. We're there. <clears throat> amazing well thanks for joining us i am vanessa i'm candace and i'm alex and we hope you have a happily ever after until you're whisked away from paradise into a bleak awful new england town where you have to learn to snowboard stomp the landing brah